listening to Splash with Shalene Bryan. Get ready to be splashed with love and laughter to rehydrate your soul. Welcome to another episode of Splash. I'm Shalene Bryan here with my buddy Barbara Kane. Hey, everyone. Ready to splash you with a little love, laughter, and encouragement to rehydrate your soul. And today's guest, buddy, she wrote two books. Mm -hmm. One is called I Do Again. Ooh, uh-huh. I do. I know. Again. I do again. And the other is called Thriving Beyond Belief. With she just oh. came up out with this one. Her name is Cheryl Scruggs. We are so excited to have her join us in the Splash Zone. She's about to make a little bit of a tidal wave because her story is crazy. This woman, I do again. <laughs> I love it. Wasn't that she had multiple husbands? <laughs> she actually marries her husband twice. Ooh. You're gonna love it. Cheryl Scruggs, thank you for joining us in the Splash Zone. Hi, Cheryl. It's Barbara. Hey, I'm excited. We are so, this is overdue. Since November, we've been planning this, and we are so excited to have you joining us. So thank you for making time to do this. I know you're so busy, and you have such a full life. But I didn't tell Barbara your whole story, and I am dying because you and I got to talk, and we got to sit across from each other at a a, a wedding that we were going to um, back in November. But I wanted you to share a little bit, and let's just jump in. I was wanting to even actually go back just about your story with your husband, and then I'd love for you to talk about what happened to Lo and how that impacted you guys as a family and your marriage and then the Mm. miracles that God did through all that, if you're cool with all that. Okay, so gosh, I was uh, 23 when I met my husband. My actual first and second husband. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you heard that right, Slash family. Her actual first and And second second. husband married the same guy twice, yes. Right. And so we got married after a year of dating. I think what would be important to say is, yes, we were in love, but no, we didn't have tools to really do marriage Mm. in a thriving way. So we got, we met in Memphis and we got married and we flew off to California and we started our married life out there. You know, it looked like we had the perfect life. Perfect yeah, you guys marriage. looked like Ken and Barbie. Yeah, you were perfect. We at, Malibu Barbie. People, yeah. And and people called us Ken and Barbie. That's what's oh, so hilarious. Funny. I believe it. Yeah. But, you know, we got out there. Both of us were in sales. Just really looked like we were successful, which we were by the world standards. And for me personally, and there's a lot of background to this now that I'm 64. Let's go. <laughs> but, yeah didn't have a lot of tools to understand, you know, what a rich marriage should look like, how to be spiritually, emotionally, physically, Mm. relationally, mentally, even vocationally Mm. thriving in a marriage. Um, That's why I just wrote my new book called Thriving Beyond Belief. Yes, that's our Um, book that's out now. We're going to be giving it to one of the listeners. Yeah, Thriving Beyond Belief. Yeah, so, you know, just a lot from our past, but not like heavy, heavy, heavy wounds and all that, but just not good direction. Um, and so just from a spiritual standpoint, I was raised going to church all my life, had no idea there was a personal relationship with Christ. Mm. Jeff was raised in a very legalistic background. And when we met, he wasn't walking a walk and I didn't know there was one. Right. So 
we <laughs> were <laughs> we weren't going to church or anything like that. So we just basically lived a very worldly life. Went to the beach all the time. Just you know, had a lot of fun. Right, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, you're new twenty. Yeah, for me personally, as a woman, I felt very lonely in the marriage. And I I couldn't really put my finger on it. I'm an oldest of five. I was very responsible. I kind of, what I've learned in counseling over the years now is in my own counseling, personal counseling for myself. Because you um, and your husband are also counselors. We're biblical marriage counselors and individual counselors. Yeah. So I see women, he sees men, and we see couples together, couple to couple. Yeah. And we've been doing that for almost 20 years. And the reason we do it is because of what God's done in our life and what he did in our marriage and all of that. So long story short, I'm feeling lonely. I don't know what to do with it. I don't really know how to communicate it. I would give passive aggressive hints. I would hope that Jeff would get what I was trying to say. I just didn't know how to tell him, hey, I'm really not very happy, happy. in this marriage. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I don't, I really use that word like loosely because it's not really about happy. That's but nice. back then that's what I was thinking. And so about six years in, I'm I got a lot of attention at work. I was successful at what I was doing, worked around a lot of guys, and at a sales meeting in Florida, succumbed to a relationship with another man, which turned into a full-blown affair. It was mostly an emotional affair, because that's basically, as we know now, many years later, 30 years later, Jeff and I were not emotionally connected. Right. Um, but it did turn physical. So people say, well, an emotional affair, that's not really an affair. But you know what? If your heart's somewhere else, um, yeah. it's an affair. You know what I mean? That's right. It really took me into a tailspin. I didn't understand what deception was at that point. I thought, like I hear from many, many women, uh, really many people, um, I'm in love with someone else. I married the wrong person. God put this person in my life, blah, blah, blah. And we were in California. Our girls were two years old at the time. And Jeff found out that we were moving to Dallas, Texas, which is where we are now and have been for 33 years. And I thought I could run away from the situation. I hadn't told a soul. I was so embarrassed because, one, I felt like I was leading two different lives. Secondly, uh, I never, ever in my entire life thought I could go down that kind of a path. Right. I, I was surprising myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to get out of it. I was, meaning I was emotionally attached to this person and, you know, pretty addicted to it, to be honest. And so we get to Dallas and like I said, I thought I could run away from that. But what happened was I missed the emotional connection from this guy. And I started calling him from here. And that led me to file for divorce in 1991. And Jeff bought wow. it the whole way. He was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why we have to do this. Why, why can't we go to counseling? And my heart had been closed for so long to, to our relationship even though I was performing in our relationship, that I didn't even want to go to counseling. Like, I, I was just like, I just got to get out of this because it's so painful for me. So I divorced Jeff in 1992. 
uh, when we first came to Dallas, we did start going to church. Yeah, did you have the girls yet? We had the girls. So when we moved to Dallas, they were four years old. Okay. I mean, they were two years old and they were four when we divorced. Okay. Yeah. So when we got here, we started going to church for the first time in our marriage And unbeknownst to me at the time, I was crying through every service, crying through every song. (laughs) Everything was hitting me like a ton of bricks. And I didn't realize that I was, you know, hearing the gospel um, and that Jesus was running after me and all of that. And so after we divorced, I started going to this little church down the street because, of course, Jeff and I weren't going to go to the same church. And I still kept hearing the same thing to the point that two months after our divorce was final, I came to be a Jesus follower and I was saved. And it was really a Damascus Road experience for me that has never let up still. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I almost married this other man. Really? I didn't Uh, know that. mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I almost married this other man and thank God for real that he stopped me in my tracks Yes, and I had women around me. I was 33 when I came to know Jesus and I, they were teaching me because I didn't learn growing up that I was supposed to study the Bible or anything like that. It just basically sat on our coffee table and I was learning how to pray I was learning how to journal and read the Bible, study the Bible, all that. And I love some of those women now are still some of my best friends. And yeah, it's been really cool. And so what I was learning, I started journaling and I was getting up at like 5 a.m. And about two months into that, I was sitting there one day in my chair. I still have the same chair. And it was like I didn't write on the piece of paper and it said, I want you to pursue reconciliation of your marriage. And the paper said that you looked down at the uh, paper and it was uh written on there. So you obviously wrote it, but you didn't realize you were writing it. Wow. Well, I just was like, where's this coming from? Right. You know, and because I was learning at that point how to hear from God. How do I know the Holy Spirit speaking to me? Right. You know, all these kinds of things. And so when I saw that, I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. I am not going to get back into a lonely relationship, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so... And did at this uh, point, though, Cheryl, were you seeing Jeff once in a while because of the girls? Were you guys having to share custody? What did that all oh, look yeah. like? Yes. So yeah, you yeah, would yeah. see him, was, and he wasn't in another relationship? He's a good-looking guy. Well, this is, this is only three, four months after our divorce was final. Okay. So, but we had a, we had a great relationship as far as the kids. So we lived five minutes from each other. We made up our own visitation schedule. We were very amicable, um, just shared the kids really well. Um, yeah, I probably saw them three or four times a week okay. at least. Okay. Yeah, so at least. fast forward to you and him get remarried. How does that even happen? Basically, as I put my pencil down and I closed my notebook, I thought, I'm not, I can't do this. There's no way. And so what I learned over a few months after that was God was prompting me to do that. So I started down that path and that path was seven years. Wow. Wow. That's a long time. 
Yeah. So we were divorced for seven years. I, when God laid it on my heart, <laughs> three months after our divorce was final, I thought it'd be maybe a couple of months, not seven years. Right. So, you know, um, we've been interviewed by a lot of pastors and been on a lot of different things. And yeah. people always ask me, well, how'd you do seven years? I can't even imagine. And I said, I don't know. Just the only thing I can say is God carried me through it. I gave up. People say, did you give up? Did you ever give up? Absolutely, I gave up. <laughs> right. Probably right. at least probably at least 200 times. Sure. But every time I would try to walk away from it, God would show me something either in scripture or by someone saying something or something maybe Jeff said, because he wasn't interested. I mean, he was just like, don't ever talk to me about that. It's never going to happen. He blamed me 100%. Right. And he, he did that through the first five years of our divorce. And then unbeknownst to me, he had men in his life that were speaking to him. And we kind of started what, what I call dating as a family. So our fifth year, we started doing things together as a family. Oh, wow. with, then, the, with the girls. With the girls. And I was really worried about that because Jeff would never commit. And so I kept thinking, we're giving them false hope. I mean, you know, what sure. are we doing here? Yeah, so by year six we started going on dates ourselves because in year five, as we family dated, Jeff didn't want to go on a date by himself with me. So year six, we started doing that, which led then to us realizing, you know, really what happened was I was like exhausted and I was seeking the Lord in all of this. And I was like, God, can I please ask him what he's waiting on? And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, yep, it's time you can ask him. And so I did. I said, Jeff, what are you waiting on? And, and he said, how do I know you're not going to do the same thing again and leave right. and all that kind of stuff? And I thought, gosh, how do I promise another human being that I'm not going to fail them? Because I didn't plan on doing that in the first place, right? right? And so God gave me the perfect words. I was praying as I was thinking right there, right on the spot. And God gave me the perfect words. And the words were, Jeff, this isn't about you. This isn't even our marriage. This is about God. And I never want to disappoint my God again. Mm. And that, that led to us getting remarried, which was in 1999. And... Of course, the girls were ecstatic. It was kind of like a parent trap thing because they're twins. <laughs> and yeah, and so we got remarried and God started to birth. Well, should I say our first book called I Do Again. I Do Again. It, yes, it's such a great yeah, title. Is our, is our story. And, uh, Thriving Beyond how, Belief is your, is your newest one. Yeah, but I Do yeah. Again was your first, the first book first book. Yeah. And so I wrote half of that book before we got back together. Because oh, wow. I, I, I was sure of it. I just knew God was going to answer the prayer. I just did. Yeah. You had a so, piece Yeah. Yeah, I did. And so anyway, um, God started to birth a marriage ministry. And um, that's basically what we've been doing ever since we got back together. Since 99. Well, yeah, we, we wow. were being asked to speak at churches and, you know, we were on a couple of different shows like the Today Show and different things. And um, it just kept blossoming. And Jeff was with his company. So he was with Oshkosh Bagash for 24 years, but he felt like he had two full-time jobs. And so it eventually just kind of, okay, we're supposed to do ministry full-time. And so 
that's what we've been doing for a long, long time. And never saw that, never saw that coming. <laughs> See people listening right now, there is hope for yeah, what's, yeah, what's going on in your yeah, life. Yeah. I love how your ministry is actually called that. Hope Matters Marriage Ministry. And it's like right. people are listening right now that are hearing your story that yeah. are ready to sign divorce papers mm-hmm. or are not feeling it mm-hmm. or they're done. They, yeah. they just, yeah. they don't, it's, it's an unfulfilled life for them. And I love that you use the word in your 20s before Christ, you gave your, your life over to the Lord, which that's the glue, everybody, by mm-hmm. the way. That is the only yeah. answer. But you said, you weren't happy. I think a lot of people listening right now aren't happy. Right. There's things in their life they are not happy about. God doesn't care about our happiness. He cares about our holiness. Mm-hmm. And right. it's so important if we're a follower of Jesus. Those of you who are not, you have a bigger problem than happiness. It's called hell. And I, I want to talk to you about that too, because if you're living mm-hmm. a happy life outside of the holiness of God, that's not going to end well for you. So it doesn't matter if you have the most beautiful marriage and you're listening right now going, my life's great, my marriage is great, my kids are great, but you don't know the true and, and living God like Cheryl found. This is why we exist, the Splash Podcast. And you can reach out to us anytime to get answers about the gospel and, and any of that. The Lord showed me, he had, there are a couple verses that he kept taking me to. One of them was Ephesians 3.20. I can do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. Like I could not imagine that God could put our marriage back together. And then Matthew 19.26, it says, you know, paraphrase, with us, things seem impossible. With God, all things are possible. And so when I was giving up, I would, you know, I would think about that. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to just go just to a really quick thing. But eventually in 1997, so this was a couple years before we got back together, God showed me the passage in Deuteronomy um, 8, 1 to 10. Yeah. And because I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, how long is this going to be? And so basically, and we read about this a lot, right, in the Bible, about all the different wilderness experiences that people have. And this was one of my wildernesses. I've had a few more. But anyway, And so God, you know, um, he tells us, I may take you through the desert these 40 years to test you and see where your heart is. Um, I won't let you go hungry. I will be with you. I will feed you, but I'm bringing you into a good land. And I'm just paraphrasing here so I can say this quickly, but the land and this is, me, this is the, Deuteronomy you're mm-hmm. talking about. Deuteron- Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 10. Right. And the, and the land there for me, the Lord showed me, was my new marriage. And down below that, after it says, I'm bringing you into a good land, it starts to describe the land, the richness of the land, the, you know, and the way it was described as plants and water flowing streams, et cetera. And I needed that five years in. Mm. And, you know, because I think what we forget, and I hear this almost every day when I hear a woman say, oh my gosh, I've been waiting for two months. I don't know if I can keep doing this. Mm. And I talk about in my new book, Thriving Beyond Belief, is I have a whole chapter on the wilderness. And I, I did a talk in 2018 at a podcast event, because I have a podcast called Thriving Beyond Belief, is I broke down Thrive, and the T is waiting on God's timing. Because we have to remember, it's not our timing, it's God's timing. That's right. And he's the one that takes, it has the plan And if we could just wait on his timing and wait on him and listen to him instead of trying to do it all ourselves, that's 
that's where the beauty is. Mm. And so is it going to be painful? Well, sure. A lot of wilderness experiences are painful, right? But what comes out of it is amazing, right? So for me, it was H is living with a new heart. Um, R is reminding us that God loves us, even in the midst of the wilderness. The I is be interested in what God is interested in and expect to be interrupted by him. That's the I. The V is becoming a victor, not a victim. That's right. And E is expect God to show up because he will. Yes, he, he will. will. And that's, that's in chapter six of my new book, because I think a lot of people end up just kind of giving up and not thriving in life because there's in so much pain. And trust me, I get the pain. Mm-hmm. But if we could just hunker down and trust and and walk with God in what he has planned. I mean, when I, now that I go back and I think about those seven years, I'm like, gosh, but this hadn't happened in year two, I wouldn't know this. If this hadn't happened in year four, you know, I mean, God showed me so many different things in all those years. And seven years for us was the timing. I mean, wow. it doesn't mean that's everyone, right? right? But Cheryl, you and Jeff are literally a miracle. Like oh. you're, this is like such a miracle. Well, and I feel like we read about miracles in the Bible mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But we 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 pass them over in 2023. We think, well, that's not happening. That happened 2000 years ago in a book that I don't really even read because I don't even know yeah. if I'm going to understand it. But the truth mm-hmm. is that all the answers for our life and godliness mm-hmm. are in the Bible. Sure. Everything right. we need to do that. That's where you found your answers that's actually right. in order for right. God to right. repair and restore and, and redeem. renew mm-hmm. and redeem your marriage, which he did. Right. And, right. and guess what? You didn't get to just have a hot fudge Sunday and put the cherry on top after you guys got back together because you still had some trials with your daughter. Or did that yeah. happen before you got back together with, with Lauren? No, no, no. Um, so that we was got after? back together in 1999. 1999. Yes. So right. what was and she her, like? She was 12, 11? They were 11 years old. 11 years old. Yep. Yeah. And then her accident, she was 23. Which was in 2011. So Lawrence, we have twin daughters. They're now 34. Our daughter Lauren was in a really severe accident, traumatic, in 2011. And some people have heard of her story because it actually was a worldwide story. It was. Share that. Share what happened. She actually walked into an airplane propeller. So... Um, it was a two-seater plane. You know, you don't, you get out of a two-seater plane, um, usually just kind of jumping on a tire and, and, and Mm. jumping off. Mm -hmm. And, um, Mm. you know, the propeller was still on and she walked right into it. And, you know, first of all, it's 2023, right? Yeah. So we're going on our 12th year and she, we were told the night of the accident, after her 15 surgeries in one night, Mm. she Mm. probably isn't going to live. If she lives, she won't have the same personality and she'll never form a full sentence again because she had a brain injury which came down through her left side, through her left eye, and she lost her left hand and her left eye. And I'm telling you what, Talk about someone thriving. Thriving, thank you. She lived. (laughs) Yeah, she lived. And it's a, talk about miracles. Mm. 
Mm. Uh, people don't survive no, that kind of accident. No, no, no. And, she, and she survived because God wanted her to survive. She's given you a grandson, River. Yes. Yes. He's a year old. Uh, Lauren has a twin sister. So if you know anything about twins, <clears throat> they're very, I mean, they're almost like, it's hard to describe as a mom. Um, they are so entwined because they were entwined in the womb. That's right. Are they identical? <laughs> and they're not. Barbara's husband, Robert, is a twin mm-hmm. with his sister. Mm. Yeah. They're very close and it's really neat. Um, but there's so many dynamics to all of this. But I think, you know, people say to me, well, I don't know if you were thriving during that time. And the reality was, even in the midst of trauma, even in the midst of hard times, you can still thrive. And the thriving comes from your dependence on God mm. and really just letting yourself be loved by him and carried by him. Amen. I think it's so beautiful how God brought you two back together in 99. Mm-hmm. And then this accident, you didn't have to go through that alone. Yeah. That, I mean... Yes, of course, God is with us wherever we are. But how beautiful that is that you two could be together. And now knowing Lauren, I mean, I call her Lo, knowing Lo, she and her husband, Jason Kennedy, and their son and and their ministry and what they do for couples and people and the things she creates and the arms she's created, her um, sanitation stuff that she created called, is it Stranded? Yeah, so she's all about... And we've kind of been this way as a family, but just very clean everything, clean eating, clean products, all of that. They have a hand sanitizer with yes. their company it's stranded. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And she has a foundation, uh, the Lawrence Scruggs Kennedy Foundation, LSK Foundation, that provides prosthetics because she has a prosthetic arm. Yes. For her left, her left arm. And she provides prosthetic arms for people that don't. And, you know, can't afford them. So there's just so many things that God brought out of this, all of it, you know? And she just, I mean, really from the get-go, I mean, she was living with Jeff and I at the time and she was trying to save money and she was starting an online fashion magazine and she asked us if she could live here and um, <clears throat> we said yes. And, you know, even that was perfect timing, mm, you know, because right. she hadn't lived with us since she was 19. And, so just watching her from the get-go and her attitude, and I'm not saying days were easy. No, the no, first no. Year was, of course, of yeah, course. The first first day, first year was pretty tough. It was just really getting her back to health because we had, you know, five doctor appointments a week kind of thing. <clears throat> but anyway, it's just amazing to watch her attitude. And that's where I think about things like, you know, she's a victor. Mm-hmm. And Not all a victim. That brought, that's right. Yeah, that's right. She that, so is. Yeah, all that God brought her way. So it's it's amazing. But you can tell that you and Jeff were parents that obviously poured that into your children. I think sometimes when we make mistakes or we do things that are outside of God's sovereignty, for me, I don't mm-hmm. think you were saved. I don't think you had a saving knowledge of Jesus when you had that affair on Jeff. 
Oh, I was oh, no. definitely not. No. So you did not oh. have eyes to see or ears to hear. You had a conscience. Obviously, yeah. you knew con meaning with science meaning knowledge. With knowledge, I shouldn't be having an affair on my husband. Okay. You don't need right. Jesus to know that that was not a thing to do, right? But well, I knew I knew right from wrong. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh-huh. what's amazing though is how God used that whole fire time in your life to refine you and oh, yeah. prepare you guys to start this hope ministries so that people could find a second chance on their marriage. They they could, you know, do that. And then now your new book, which I want to end with this because I I hope you guys listening will go out and, and get this book, Thriving Beyond Belief, and just how... You can live an abundant life in every area and in every season that you're mm-hmm. in. And I feel mm-hmm. like you really help people identify with how to put practical things with that in your marriage with God and your friendships, relationships, your career, and how, you know, through your podcast, which is amazing. It's also called Thriving Beyond Belief for our listeners to know how to get in touch with you. But what motivated you besides your story to want to write this book, Thriving Beyond Belief? Well, Shalene, you know, I counsel a lot of women and one of the common denominators in so many women's lives, you know, there's a lot of seasons of life, right? We know that you and I know that. Right. And there's going to be more seasons of life. Right. And what I notice and really have a passion for is helping women thrive because I think there's, a lot of women aren't thriving. They're surviving, right? but they're not thriving. And so the, the gist of the book is, um, the, you know, if you had a tagline, um, I mean, the subtitle is Courageous, Rooted, Thriving Women. But, you know, God, uh, let's just take John 10, 10. John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy it. I've come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. A lot of people think that means money. Well, it could mean money, but what it means is, God wants us to have an abundant life spiritually, emotionally, mentally, relationally, physically, vocationally, all of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, there's different times and and we know this, right? Is there's different times we feel like we're thriving in this area, but this area we're not totally, but God wants us to continue to pursue thriving because that's what he designed, Right? Because right. the, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Right? right. So I want to see women thriving. And it, it just breaks my heart in all age groups. I see it everywhere because I counsel 20s all the way to 70s how women just give up. They give up on life. And I'm right. not talking about, you know, as dramatic as suicide and stuff, although I see that as well. But I'm talking about just in general in life, like just kind of complacent. I'm never going to do this or that or whatever. It's, But we can thrive along life seasons all the way till God takes us home. So good. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for being with us in the Splash so Zone today. And how can our Splash family keep in touch with you? What's the best way for people to, to connect with you? I do a lot on Instagram, and that's at Cheryl Scruggs. It's C-H-E-R-Y-L-S-C-R-U-G-G-S, mm-hmm. as in Sam. Just like it sounds, Cheryl Scruggs. <clears throat> Jeff and my website is Jeff, J-E-F-F, and A-N-D, Cheryl Scruggs.com, Jeff and Cheryl Scruggs.com. We'll put that up on our site, too, though, so people have it. All of our books are on Amazon. There's a book out there that we wrote as a family uh, right after Warren's accident. It's called Still Lolo. Mm. It's, it's about that. 
they also can get the I Do Again book. Um, for those they're all people on there. The, yes, they're all on there. That's probably the easiest. That's the best way. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, thank yeah. you for being with us. Thank, thank you, you so much, All Cheryl. the nuggets of wisdom really and just your transparency is mm-hmm. so humbling. Like just, you just throw it out there and leave it out there for people to, to be real and authentic. God sees it all and knows it all anyway, but we're really grateful for you to just splash us with some love, encouragement, Mm -hmm. and thriving. So today, as we leave the splash zone, let's slash some thriving on people. Not comparison, but thriving. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Come splash with us at shaleenbryan.com. 